This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got He's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. You got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. today and I started monitoring the weather about 4.15 today and I kept poking my head outside and I don't like to cancel church on a Sunday morning and I was, uh, and the the board of directors, they make this decision and so I was thinking, oh, it's looking good and gooder and gooder all the time because there wasn't that much snow 
And uh, so whenever the decision was made, we're having church, it was like my heart rejoiced. And uh, evidently you felt the same way because you're in church today. So thanks so much for coming. If you would go ahead and open your Bibles to the uh, book of Matthew. And let me just kind of tell you what's, what's happened since the bulletin was printed. Um, I, I'm really excited about our, our sermon series that we were going to begin today. As I studied, I've actually been working on this for two to three weeks, and uh, it, it is just, you know, it, it's convicting, and I'll probably be coming to the altar every Sunday at the end of the service, and, and I'll invite you to join me, but uh, I, I really think that it's going to be, uh, because you're a lot like me and I'm a lot like you, I think it's probably going to kick us together, uh, but for today's lesson, I've decided into, instead of just hitting it head on, head on we're going to kind of ease into it a little bit. And uh, give a lesson that will, in a sense, serve as an introductory lesson, get us pointed in the right direction for our series, and then, uh, Lord willing, we will just hit it head on next week. So, um, you know, the notes that you have there, don't, don't worry about them unless you want to go ahead and work on those questions because they're pretty convicting there. But, and, and I want to shorten things a little bit today, maybe, uh, just in case you're worried about the weather and the roads and all that stuff. I want to talk to you about a parable that I think I struggle with more than any other parable in, in, in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, and John. Um, and here's the reason that I struggle with it so much. If you would ask me for, you know, maybe a one statement, one sentence description of this parable, I would sum it up by saying... It's not fair. Or, or really, you know, since we're in this area, could I just say it ain't fair? That, that's the way I would sum up this parable. For, from my perspective today in the year 2019, what Jesus did was not fair. And as we read this parable, I think you will agree with my assessment, assessment here. Um, because, you know, we tend to form quick opinions on, on justice and fairness. I mean, we're good at that. We can do a snap judgment and quickly say it's not fair or it is fair. And I think this parable is really going to bother you as well. And, and because we do form quick opinions on justice and fairness, you know, that's why we have created, created nightmare scenarios uh, scenarios for, for refs and coaches. You know, we're, we're quick to say, ref, you blew it. Not a fair call. Do you need glasses? What's wrong with you? Or coach, why in the world did you call that play? I mean, we all know that that was dumb. And so because we're intelligent, or at least semi-intelligent, and maybe that's still pushing it a little bit, but if you give us a situation... In our minds, most of the time, we can quickly determine what is fair and what is not fair, at least we think. But according to our standards today, and from society's standpoint, Jesus doesn't always play fair. Now, I don't say that disrespectfully at all. I, I, I guess I say it tongue-in-cheek. But Jesus has a habit of sometimes messing 
with our concept of justice and fairness. And in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus gives us a parable that does just that. And and we're going to start with the last verse of chapter 19 and then going into uh, chapter 20. Many who are first will be last and the last verse, chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, so they had a contract there. They had an agreement, a denarius a day. He sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, saw their standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And now listen, whatever is right, I will give you. So there was no contract here. It's just, I'll be fair to you. I'll treat you right. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And at about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said, Because no one's hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come... The owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came, who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner saying, it's not fair. These last men have worked only one hour and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? I mean, we were under contract here and and you said it was fair. It was fair for me. It's fair for you. Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, the first last. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now, Jesus begins this parable by saying that this is what his kingdom is like. The the, the last are first, the first are last. In other words, in, in, in this domain, in the domain, culture, and community that Jesus is building, our ranking systems are backwards. And then he goes on in this parable and and he tries to redefine our idea of fairness and actually turns it upside down. Now, why is this lesson so important to us? Well, because we are notorious to try to relate to God based on what we've done and what we deserve and our importance and the time we put in for God and what we think he should do for us. We believe that if we put in the effort to please God, then God ought to be fair and reward us. I remember not too long ago, there there was a lady that came to me and she said, Joe, I don't understand why so many bad things are happening to me because, you know, I'm being, I'm being a good girl and, and I'm, I'm trying to please God and I'm doing everything right. And so it's not fair that this is happening to me. And and so that, that's kind of our mentality that, that if we do things right, if we put in the effort, if, if we, do good works, then God's going to reward us in a way that we think is fair. But but if that's our mentality, then we're going to end up as confused as those vineyard workers. 
And Jesus says, let me tell you what my kingdom is like. And he proceeds to tell this story that is flat out frustrating. Unless, unless you're the 11th hour worker. And then you love it. You know, I find that often when I'm, I'm disturbed or, or discouraged, it isn't because my life is terrible. It's because I think something is unfair. You know, something isn't meeting my expectations. Maybe God isn't doing what I think he should do or someone else isn't doing what I think they should do. Or, or sometimes it's just me. You know, I don't meet my expectations. I disappoint my, myself. And, you know, somebody's better than, than, than I am. And what we do is we have a ranking system, and, and it usually exists in the secrecy and the, and the crevices of our hearts, but, but we all classify each other. We all rank each other, and, and that's going to be a lot of our focus over, over the next few weeks. You know, we, we think, okay, all right, when, when it comes to public speaky, speaking, I'm a better speaker than he is, or he's a better speaker than I am. Or, or we think of music, okay, well, so-and-so is better than so-and-so. You know, we, we have a ranking system. And Jesus essentially says, I understand how you think. I understand you have first place and second place and third place and dead last. You, you've got a ranking system, but you need to understand that my ways go against your ranking system. Because many whom you think are first are actually going to be last. And many whom you think are last, they're actually going to be first. And what's our response? Not fair. But, but in God's culture, it's all about servanthood. It's not about power and prestige. Jesus doesn't brag on those who climb the ladder of power and prestige. You, you find that Jesus predominantly brags on people when they serve. You know, if we could just relate it to today, um, you wouldn't find Jesus bragging on a denominational or church board if all they did was come to meetings and make decisions, okay? All right, guys, um, let's make a decision. Are we going to have church today or not? Vote yes or no. Or, um, okay, are we going to put in new carpet? Or are we going to buy this? Or are we going to expand our family life center? Jesus wouldn't brag on a board that only did that. You know, whether it was a denominational board, a world missions board, or a church board. Instead, what impressed and, and what still impresses Jesus is servanthood. And so pastors and, and church boards and, and Sunday school teachers, small group leaders... Getting your hands dirty, impacting people, working. That's what makes a difference whenever you have a servant attitude. Now, let's get into a little of the nitty gritty here in this parable. Notice that the only group of workers with a contract with the landowner was the first group. And we mentioned that. They agreed to work a full day, which would have been back in that time, 12 hours for a denarius. That was a standard day's wage. This was a fair agreement. Whenever they went under contract, there really wasn't negotiating because that was good wages, that was standard wages. Everybody expected that. It was a fair agreement. They were to work an honest day, get paid an honest day's wage. Everyone was happy. 
Now, at the third hour, which would have been around 9 o'clock, the landowner goes back and hires some more workers. But what's interesting is that these workers are hired on trust, not on contract. You know, the owner doesn't tell them how much he's going to, to pay them. He says, you know what, I'll be fair to you. Uh, it's good, I'll treat you right. I'll pay you whatever is right. You know, he does the same thing at the sixth hour, which would be noon. At the ninth hour, which would be three o'clock. Finally, at the eleventh hour. So, an hour before quitting time, he hires one last group. And he tells them the same thing. Trust me. You know what? I, I, I need some work. And I don't know why these guys hadn't been hired. I don't know if they got up late. You know, I've seen this in other countries where... Uh, there was a certain area of the city where workers would go and, and you could have plumbers, electricians and, and uh, you know, people that carpenters. And so they would all pool. And so, you know, homeowners or, or, or whatever, they would go. And so early in the morning and they would agree to a contract and they would go work at their house or, or, or at their property, whatever. And, and so I don't know if, if these people got there late, but for some reason they hadn't been hired. But, but he says, okay, um, I need some more people, even if it's just one hour, I need you to work, and I'm going to pay you what's fair, okay? Just trust me. I'll pay you what's right. Well, at quitting time, the whistle blows. It's time to get paid. And this is where the friction begins. This is where the murmuring begins. And and, and it's so fascinating to me that the landowner... Insists that his paymaster pay first the guys who arrived last. Now, I, I don't think that's fair. I, I would have said, you know what? Here, these guys, they've been working their tails off 12 hours. Let's get them paid so they can get home. I know they're exhausted. But he didn't do that. Why didn't he pay the first workers first? I don't know. That, that would have made a lot of sense. It, it almost seems like the landowner is trying to pick a fight here. But actually, Jesus is just trying to make a point. Listen up. If you are one that continually has your radar focused on fairness, if you're one that second guesses the ref all the time or the coach, and I know you wouldn't do that to the pastor, but other people in leadership you might do. You know, if, if you're always evaluating whether or not the school board or, or the church board or the city council made the right decision or not, if you're one of those, this is going to be highly frustrating to you. Because the paymaster yells out, okay, 11th hour guys, where are you? Raise your hand, come forward. They come forward. The paymaster has a bag of coins in his hand. They're fresh. They're energetic. They still smell nice. Never broke a sweat. Manicures are impeccable. Fingernails aren't even dirty. And the owner says, you know what? We agreed that we would pay you what's fair. Is that right? Yes. So here is a denarius, a full day's wages for you. Here's a denarius for you. Full day's wages for you and you and you. 
Now, the guys who have been working for 12 hours are way at the end of the line. But, you know, word like that circulates fast. They're paying attention. They're starting to wonder how this thing's going to go down. And they start doing the math. They got a denarius for one hour. We've been here 12. This is going to be a good day. We're going to make a lot of money today. This is going to be awesome. The foreman goes through the next three groups of workers. Denarius, 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 denarius. Finally, he gets to the guys who were there first, the guys who were under contract. The only group that were under contract. And and he says, thank you so much. I know you're tired. I want to go ahead and pay you so you can go home. And he starts paying them a denarius for you. Thank you for your work. A denarius for you and for you. And it was like a chill came across the atmosphere. And they began to protest. They said, what? Not fair. I mean, this isn't even close to fair. I mean, you you paid the guys that were working one hour... We were in the heat of the day. It's like Phoenix, Arizona out there. You paid them the same as you paid us? You know what had been going on? The early group had been keeping track. They were like, hey, these guys worked one hour. You gave them the same as us. Haven't we earned more? Where's the fairness in all of this? Now, what's Jesus saying in this parable? Well, obviously, there are a lot of different lessons we could learn, but one is that God doesn't give us what we think we deserve. You know, that we think because we've been good boys and good girls, we follow the rules that we deserve such and such, and and we want something fair, and we want something quantifiable, we want something predictable and comfortable, and we want to deserve what we get and get what we deserve. But God doesn't always give us what we think we deserve. He gives us what He wants to give us and asks us to trust Him. And know that God is always a good God. And here's the key statement of the whole message. What God gives us is way beyond what we deserve anyway. And when you begin to think and wish that God operated a bit more fairly, my my question is, really? Do you want to come into contract with God? Do you really want to talk about what you deserve? That's a dead end road. We don't want to go there. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. And so if we're going to get technical about it, that's what we deserve. You want what you deserve. You deserve death. I deserve death because we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. And so anything more than we get beyond death is sheer grace and mercy. So let's stop.
talking in terms of what we deserve. Let's stop talking about what is fair. Yes, as we compare what we have to what others have at times, it may not seem fair. But then, if we want fairness, you want fairness? We're all doomed. So instead, let's not question God's fairness. If He gave His only Son that we might be saved from eternity in hell, I don't think you have to worry about God's fairness. Just celebrate His wonderful undeserved, unmerited grace. And according to our standard, according to our perspective, life won't always seem fair. You know, there will be hurts. There will be things that we feel are not fair. People will mistreat us. We'll even think that God's not always fair to us. But wait a minute. What have you done to really deserve anything beyond death what have i done to deserve anything beyond death and so this week instead of lingering on those hurts well you know so and so did this and i just don't think it was fair or you know this situation here still bothers me could we just back up and say oh wow Yeah, I don't understand that, but God's been way more than fair to me. Can we just kind of have a shift in mentality and know that life won't always make sense, but know that God, I'm so thankful God isn't always fair, but I'm thankful that God is gracious and merciful. His love never ends. Amen? Lord, I just pray that today, in this coming week, oh, we, we just have this problem where we look around to others and instead of just focusing on the mercy of God to me, we're so worried that somebody else is getting better treatment. We're so worried that I'm not getting what's fair Lord, would you help us to quit worrying about that? Lord, quit, help us to quit worrying about what we deserve. And, because what we deserve is death. That's what's really fair, is that we, because we're sinners. But because Christ died for us. Lord, thank you that we don't always get what is fair. We get way more than that. We get your grace. And we get your mercy. And Father, I pray that this week you would begin to just soothe those hurts. I pray that this week you would begin to cause us to look up instead of around. Lord, as we prepare our hearts even more for this new series that's coming, Lord willing, next Sunday. And God, as as we begin then our 40-day push, Lord, I'm really excited to present our new uh, 40-day push this next Sunday of where I believe you're leading us as we prepare our hearts for Easter. Just a time of fasting, a time of prayer. 
God, I'm so excited about what you have for this church. Lord, forbid that we would get hung up on just some little hang-up and lose out on the blessing that you want to give us and the revival you want to give us, the renewal that you want to give us. And Lord, I pray that this week you would help us to see Jesus afresh and anew and in just an amazing way that we've never seen him before. And so, God, I thank you. I thank you for what you've done. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of gathering together with my brothers and my sisters, worshiping together and studying your word together. Lord, as we go home, I know there are some that came over from Nevada. Protect them as they go back. And Lord, there are others that have driven a good little distance to be here. And and then, uh, Lord, there are some that are just across the road, but I pray that you would protect all of us. And Lord, this afternoon, as our activities are canceled, uh, maybe this is the time that we need to just get together with somebody. Maybe this is the time to go uh, shovel somebody's walkway or uh, that we can just uh, bring some cheer to somebody that maybe doesn't have a lot going for them. And so, God, I thank you for your love and your mercy. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Have a good week. Be safe going home. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.